Welcome to another edition of Sean's Sports Show. This is episode number 97, and I'm coming at you from Los Angeles, California, on Tuesday, June 12th, 2018. Uh, I wasn't able to record an episode yesterday on Monday, June 11th, but I will be covering the breaking news in sports from yesterday and today, as well as the Los Angeles sports teams from yesterday and today. And um, yeah, that's it. Uh, So starting with the New England Patriots and NFL football. There is a reason the source of Julian Edelman's failed drug test has not yet leaked. No one seems to know what it was. Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated reported that Edelman's positive test was, quote, triggered by a substance that wasn't immediately recognizable and there are scientists analyzing it. Edelman, who's 32 years old, is appealing the four-game ban for his violation of the NFL's policy on performance-enhancing drugs. Quote, I'm very sorry, I don't know what happened, Edelman said. I've taken many, many tests, obviously, over the course of my career, and nothing like this has ever happened. I apologize to the Kraft family, my coaches, teammates, and fans. As this matter is being appealed, I can't say any more, but no matter what, I will be ready to play and pursue another championship with our team and for Patriots fans around the world. Edelman missed the 2017 season due to a torn ACL. He had recorded at least 90 receptions in three of the four previous years, becoming Tom Brady's favorite underneath target. The Patriots got used to playing without Edelman last season, but were banking on his return. They traded Brandon Cooks to the Los Angeles Rams and allowed Danny Amendola to leave via free agency. Rob Gronkowski is the only player remaining from the 2017 roster who had 500 yards receiving. Unlike last year when Amendola could play the Edelman role, there is no obvious replacement on the roster. It's possible New England could take a nosedive offensively for the first four weeks if Edelman's suspension is upheld and... um, so personally, I don't think it's that big of a deal if uh, Edelman suspended the first four games of the season. But, you know, it, it's kind of crazy. But at the same time, not surprising that they can't figure out what, what's it, what drug is in his system. It's just, I mean, if something like this was to happen, I would think that it would have to do with the Patriots player. It's just, you know, I guess it's an unreasonable, maybe it's an unreasonable stereotype, but it is what it is. Now switching gears to just general sports news. New Jersey will open sports betting uh, Thursday at New Jersey Racetrack Monmouth Park at 10.30 a.m. Eastern after legislation was signed Monday by New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy, according to David Purdom of ESPN. The state state legislator unanimously passed the bill uh, June 7th, allowing gambling on sports at Atlantic City Casinos, the state's three racetracks and sites of former racetracks. Quote, today we're finally making the dream of legalized sports betting a reality for New, for New Jersey. Murphy said in a statement, I'm thrilled to sign Assembly Bill 4111 because it means that our casinos in Atlantic City and our racetracks throughout our state can attract new business and new fans, boosting their own long-term financial prospects. This is the right move for New Jersey and, and, will, and it will strengthen our economy. The Supreme Court uh, struck down the federal ban on sports betting last month, a case brought forth by former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. Monmouth Park was uh, prepared to take on bets as soon as possible, hoping to accept wagers by Memorial Day per Purdom. Unfortunately, the racetrack wasn't able to take advantage of the three-day weekend or the increased traffic that came from last week's Belmont Stakes. Still, the bill finally made it through the state assembly and Senate before being signed by the governor four days later. While the NBA and MLB have been pushing for a, quote, quote, integrity fee attached to sports bets, the new law doesn't uh, doesn't contain any such provisions. So this is very interesting and... um have to see how this plays out now um switching gears to the mlb it's uh it's been reported that Sho- it's been reported that shohei otani 
uh, could potentially need uh, Tommy John surgery. Um, quote, there have been no changes in Otani's diagnosis and neither our physicians nor medical staff have recommended Tommy John surgery or said it's likely. Um, General Manager Bill Billy Epler said uh, on Monday, per Ken Rosenthal of Vox Sports, the Angels are, quote, cautiously optimistic Otani will play again this season, possibly as both a hitter and pitcher, according to John Morosi of MLB Network. Otani, who's 23 years old, was diagnosed with a grade 2 sprain of the ulnar collateral ligament in his right elbow and had platelet-rich plasma and stem cell injections Thursday. He's scheduled to be re-evaluated in three weeks. ESPN's Pedro Gomez reported early Monday that the Angels were expecting Otani to need Tommy John surgery and be out until the 2020 season. Otani is 4-1 with a 3.1 ERA, 1.14 whip, and 61 strikeouts in 49.1 innings during his rookie season. He has also hit 289 with six home runs and 20 RBIs. His pretty good performance, uh, or you know, pretty really good performance in my opinion, allowed him to live up to the hype as one of the Jap- best Japanese uh, players in the, that made the, uh, the MLB ever. Earlier this season, he became the first player to win a game as a pitcher and hit a home run as a non-pitcher in his next start since Babe Ruth in 1921. So, I hope that Otani uh, will be will be perfectly healthy. Now, um, pretty quickly, just covering um, Kylian Mbappe, uh, a star from uh, on the French national team, uh, left training with an ankle injury, but then he later said that he's fine. So that's those are all the details that I have. So we'll just have to wait. I, I hope he's healthy. I, I don't wish injury on anybody, and I, I just hope it will play out the way he do- hopes it will. Um, now, switching gears to today's news, not much news yesterday. Uh, this has to do with the Toronto Raptors and their head coaching vacancy. They uh, are reportedly hiring assistant Nick Nurse to become their new head coach. ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski broke the news on Tuesday note- today, noting the two sides are still finalizing the details of the deal. Nurse's coaching career uh, spans nearly three decades since he joined the University of Northern Iowa staff after his playing days with the Panthers ended in 1989. The 50-year-old Iowa native has served as a head coach in college, the D-League, and overseas, but this will be his first opportunity to, first opportunity to serve in, the, in that capacity for an NBA team. He served as a Raptors assistant since, since 2013. Most of his coaching success to date came in the British Basketball League and the D-League. He led the uh, Birmingham Bullets to, uh, to, one more, to, to a championship in 1996 and won another BBL title with the Manchester Giants in 2000. He won D-League titles with the Iowa Energy in 2011 and Rio Grande, Grande Valley Vipers in 2013. Nurse told Brandon Hurley of the Daily Times, Harold, there's nothing like the NBA, though. Quote, it's been really awesome. There's nothing like the pace. Nurse said about the NBA lifestyle. The grind is like nothing else. Once it starts, once it starts, it just comes at you and at you. The thrill of watching players like this up close every night. You have to thank your lucky stars. Uh, I love basketball. That pace is likely uh, to increase you know, much more as an NBA head coach. Uh, staying with the Raptors, where he's already established himself as a valuable assistant under Dwayne Casey, will make for an easier transition, but that doesn't mean there won't be immediate pressure. Toronto's roster, which is led by Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, is built, is built to contend at the Eastern Conference right now, so anything less than a deep playoff run will be a disappointment, uh, in my opinion. But... I I want I just don't understand why they fired Dwayne Casey, who uh, most likely will be named Coach of the Year, it, it and bring in his assistant. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, they yes they didn't have much playoff success under Casey, but they they they, they had the best. He led them this season to the best record of that they've ever had. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. 
Uh, to, I mean, I'm not saying they're downgrading because we haven't seen um, what Nurse um, brings to the table yet. But, I mean, it just doesn't make sense to, to do this, in my opinion. But anyway, switching gears to the NFL. Uh, as head coach Steve Wilkes continued, continues to try to get the Arizona Cardinals comfortable with his system at mandatory minicamp this week, he will do so without one of his top playmakers. ESPN's Adam Schefter reported Tuesday running back David Johnson is holding out as he seeks a new contract. The three-year veteran is entering the final year of his rookie deal, and he's set to make $1.88 million in 2018 for a spot track. His mindset has apparently changed since April when he told reporters he wasn't focused on a new contract. Uh, quote, no, it's not weighing on my mind, not at all. Johnson said at the time, especially with the injury, I've been I've been so focused on the wrist and getting back. Now with new co- with new coaches, new players, new teammates, I'm a lot more focused on that. After being a third round pick in the 2015 NFL Draft, Johnson quickly showed his versatility uh, and that he could um, move the help move the football. Uh, he totaled 581 rushing yards, 457 receiving yards, and 12 touchdowns as a rookie. Uh, that set the stage for a breakout campaign in his second year when he. Uh, when he piled up 1,239 rushing yards, 80 receptions for over 800 yards and about 20 touchdowns. That put him that put him among the NFL's elite running backs and the NFL MVP favorites entering the 2017 season. However, he suffered a season-ending wrist injury in week one last year. The good news is he has already been medically cleared and he, and he said he's back to, quote, 100%. Johnson may not have... Um, been focused on an extension a couple of months ago, but now that he's expected to put his body on the line, the 26-year-old's uh, looking at the situation from a business perspective. Last season showed him that football can be taken in the blink of an eye. Now he has to make sure he is set financially before putting himself uh, at even more risk. So, um, you know, good for him. But uh, what I think about this is, unlike some of the other players that are holding out, kind of, you can argue that Des Bryant is to an extent, uh, like Le'Veon Bell. I mean, Le'Veon Bell would be making, you know, 15, 16 million a year if the Steelers franchise tag him. David Johnson is making under 2 million and he's, uh, he's a, he's an amazing running back for, uh, compared to what he's, exp- what he was expected to be. And yes, you can say someone like Le- Le'Veon Bell is very experienced and he's been consistent for many years, which is true. But I think John, David Johnson should make more than, uh, less than, m- more than less than 2 million, more than 1.88 million for sure. So now switching gears back to the NBA, Kyrie Irving won't consider signing a contract extension with the Boston Celtics as he continues his recovery from a season-ending knee, sur- a knee injury. Speaking to reporters Tuesday, Irving said agreeing to an extension, quote, just, just doesn't make any sense right now, per ESPN.com's Chris Forsberg. Uh, Irving went on to say his focus will be elsewhere this summer. Quote, I think you guys can feel my attitude is really just redemption next year. Really integrating myself with our team again and really focus on winning a championship. That's the only thing I'm really worried about. Until I get to that point, then I can't really answer any questions. I'm pretty sure management and I will have a talk, but that talk won't happen now. Before Irving's uh, knee forced him out of action in March, he was enjoying one of the best, one of the most efficient seasons of his NBA career. He averaged 24.4 points and 5.1 assists across 60 games while he tied a career low with only 2.3 turnovers per game. He also connected on 40.8% of his uh, three-point attempts, which was his highest mark since the 2014-15 season. When the Celtics acquired Irving from the Cavs uh, last summer, the general assumption was he'd re-sign with Boston when he could opt out of his contract after the 2018-19 season. However, Boston's run to the Eastern Conference Finals seemingly cemented that notion, since the franchise is clearly on the uh, on the cusp of being a title contender. You know, I think they would have definitely taken out the Cavs. At, um, 
if uh, Kyrie Ring was on the team and definitely gave would have uh, given the Golden State a fight. Yahoo Sports' Chris Mannix, however, reported the Knicks could be a threat to sign Irving uh, next offseason, as I've reported. According to Mannix, Irving had entertained the idea of playing with the Knicks when he was in Cleveland and could still want to pursue the option. However, Mannix's colleague, uh, Shams Cherania and Irving, um, excuse me, said Irving that uh, that he saw his trade to Boston as a long-term move, so he may uh, be content to stay with the Celtics. And I think that, uh, personally, I think he will stay with the Celtics. Now switching gears to the NFL and um, Andrew Luck specifically. Uh, he's throwing footballs again. The Indianapolis, the Indianapolis Colts star took part in uh, non t- non-contact quarterback drills at offseason workouts on Tuesday. The first time he's been uh, seen uh, throwing in public since October. Luck, who's 28 years old, missed the 2017 season after undergoing sol- shoulder surgery in January of 2017. While he was initially expected to be ready for the start of the season, his recovery was uh, fraught with issues that delayed his return. The three-time Pro Bowler started to practice in October with the goal of rejoining, rejoining the lineup, only to again experience discomfort. He then went to Europe in November for alternative treatment. Quote, there's a process, Luck told reporters in April. I've gone and skipped steps before and paid for it, been in pain and not, and not able to help the team, embarrassed, guilty, whatever. I'm not going to do that again. I trust the people I'm working with. More importantly, I trust myself in this process. I trust how I feel. Progress is my guiding light. If I'm making progress, I know that's important. There is a pain in place, and I'll keep trusting it. The Colts went 4-12 and without luck and focused on rebuilding their, their off- offensive line in the 2018 draft, taking guard Quentin Nelson with the sixth overall pick and guard Braden Smith in the second round. Luck has spent most of his career taking hits in the pocket while still thriving, and he's thrown for at least 4,000 yards in three of his six NFL seasons, and he should return... He should be a Pro Bowl candidate when he returns uh, at full health. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully he'll be back. Um, I I just it's just unfortunate that these guys can work their whole lives, you know, to be athletes, and then one injury can can mess it all up. You know, I mean, and there's nothing you can do about it. But anyway, switching gears to the NBA on a bit of a brighter um, note, I should say. The Golden State Warriors reportedly had $500,000 worth of alcohol on their buses during um, Tuesday's championship parade celebrating their triumph over the Cleveland Cavaliers in the 2018 NBA Finals. Uh, Tuesday marked uh, the Warriors' second highest price party in the past five days. They, they dropped more than 400000 on champagne um, after completing their sweep of the Cavs on Friday night per ABC7 News. The Warriors have now captured three of the past four titles, and they will likely enter next season as the favorite, uh, as the favorites, thanks to their star-studded quartet of KD, Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green. Given how much they spent this year, it may be, it probably will be difficult for them to, to put together a bigger party next year if they do win another title. But I wouldn't underestimate that, considering that they're going to be moving into a new stadium soon, and you know tickets are going to be more. So we'll we'll just have to see about that. But based on some of the videos circulating on social media. You know, Washington Capitals superstar Alex, Alexander Ovechkin, um, he might have matched the Warriors' uh, nearly $1 million, uh, you know, spent as, um, as, he, as he was raising the Stanley Cup as well. So that's that. Now, um, switch, another NFL story that has to do with um, the Los Angeles Rams. The LA Rams will pay will pay former NFL running back Reggie Bush more than twelve million dollars after a jury ruled in his favor Tuesday per Joel Courier of the St. Louis Post Dispatch. Bush suffered a severe knee injury in twenty fifteen at the Edward Jones Dome and filed a lawsuit against the team in twenty sixteen. 
The Rams were ordered to pay him four dollars and ninety five. Excuse me, four point nine five million in comp- compensatory compens- compensatory damages and seven point five million in, in punitive damages after being found one hundred percent liable. Quote: I'm very happy with the verdict. Bush said Tuesday, the people spoke and decided very fairly. While injuries are a common occurrence in the NFL, the running back's injury came as a result of an unsafe surface at the Dome. Bush, who was then a member of the San Francisco 49ers, slipped on, the, uh, slipped on a concrete surface after being pushed out, of the, uh, pushed out of bounds on a punt return. The team covered the concrete with a slip-resistant surface two weeks later. Bush had also filed a lawsuit against the agencies that operated the Edward Jones um, Dome, but a judge dismissed them from uh, liability last week, ruling that the team had full control of operations on game days. The Rams no longer play in that stadium as they moved to Los Angeles following the 2015 season. Bush returned to the field in 2016 but finished the season with a negative three rushing yards on 12 carries uh, as a member of the Buffalo Bills. The 33-year-old didn't play in 2017 and officially retired in December. Uh, so that's that. And I'm not going to give my comment on that. Now uh, switching gears back to the NBA. It has to do with my Los Angeles Lakers. Pretty interesting here. With the 2017-18 season officially over, LeBron James is now free to decide what the future holds for him. Meanwhile, teams around the league will try to figure out where they stand in the four-time NBA MVP's sweepstakes. Uh, I've already covered the odds of where he might go. Uh, but the updated odds... Uh, actually, no, there are new odds. So the Lakers are number one at even. Then the 76ers are second at plus 400. The Rockets third at plus 600. The Cavs fourth at plus 600. The Spurs and Celtics at plus 1,000. The Clippers at plus 2,500. The Warriors at plus 3,300. And the Heat at 3,300. These updated odds can't come one day after Gary Payton said, said that James's son, LeBron Jr., has committed to Sierra, Sierra Canyon School, which is a private school in Los Angeles. Whether or not that, quote, leak is true or if it is even relevant remains to be seen. Regardless, the Lakers' odds have improved from just a couple of days ago. The rest of the list features the rumored destinations. The Sixers, Rockets, Celtics, and Warriors are among all the favorites. Don't forget, though, that the Cavs, don't forget about the Cavs, though. While it may seem unlikely he stays given the way the season ended, the Akron, Ohio native has made it clear in the past that the land has has a very special place in his heart. In his homecoming letter via Sports Illustrated's Lee Jenkins back in 2014, James made it clear that he wanted to retire as a Cav and that Cleveland was the only place he was going to leave Miami for. He also let it uh, be known that he was returning home to try to bring a championship, something that he already delivered with in 2016. Nobody knows what James will do in free agency next month. The Lakers have to like their odds should, should the three-time champion decide to leave Cleveland once again. But of course, it would be foolish to count out the home team and it could be any other team for all we know. It's not... You know, we don't know. Uh, but I, I don't think that... I don't think that uh, it's necessarily right for for the... Uh, just anybody to be reporting that... Actually, never mind. Uh, so, now, um, another NBA story. After their disappointing first-round exit in the 2018 NBA playoffs... It looked like the Oklahoma City Thunder's odds of re-signing Paul George were trending down, you know, fairly downward heading into the summer. According to Mark Sign of the New York Times, however, the Thunder may have a, real, a realistic shot at keeping Paul George around. Stein reported that OKC, quote, has a far better chance to retain the free agent than many believed when the Thunder crashed out of the first round of the playoffs. Adrian Wojnarowski reported for Yahoo Sports last offseason uh, that George uh, informed the Indiana Pacers he wasn't re-signing with the team 
and preferred to go to the Los Angeles Lakers. George is a native of Palmdale, California, and the Lakers have roughly $61.8 million in practical salary cap space, according to Spotrack, which is more than enough to sign George and one more marquee free agent, whom people are saying LeBron James, uh, if anything. George had a solid first season with the Thunder, averaging 21.9 points, 5.7 rebounds, and 3.3 assists. More importantly, he had a, he had a pretty good on-court partnership with Russell Westbrook. Quote, there were some highs and lows, but I thought it was good. George told reporters in April, it was a learning experience for me. I thought we both grew together trying to get that chemistry. George's final decision will have a ripple effect throughout the rest of the NBA. If he stays with the Thunder, then the Lakers will have to turn their attention elsewhere in free agency. Enticing another uh, star to sign in LA might prove difficult if George isn't on board uh, as well. The Houston Rockets would also have to cross off one target that they could have used to catch up with the Golden State Warriors. Should George leave Oklahoma City, things could get dark for the Thunder. They wouldn't have the cap space to pursue a free agent of similar quality, and they don't have the assets to swing one more big trade. A team built around Westbrook, Steven Adams, and possibly Carmelo Anthony wouldn't offer a ton of promise in 2018-19. So that's that, but at the same time, you know, uh, it's worth uh, it's worth noting that... Um, excuse me, I, I don't know what's going on today, but it's worth noting that Jesus, it's worth noting that you know what, what would happen if Andre Andre Roberson would have uh, would, would have a healthy season and Paul George was around, how the Thunder would fare differently, you know, potentially in the playoffs with the Utah Jazz and such. But now switching gears to the MLB, uh, something pretty surprising here: Washington National superstar outfielder Bryce Harper is a five-time All-Star and the 2015 National League MVP. But there's at least one NL executive who reportedly believes Harper is overrated and not worth. Uh, paying a king's ransom to acquire once he becomes a free agent after this season. Quote, he's simply overrated and the good ain't worth the bad. He's a losing player, the executive told Robert Murray of FRS Baseball. Cares about himself more than the team. If I was in charge and had money, my team would not uh, pursue him. We would use that money to sign two to three winning players. He added, if he gets more than 10 years, 300 million, I'd be surprised. I would not give him 10 years, period, and certainly not, not at that AAV. He's just not worth it. He's a selfish losing player. Another executive didn't see things that way, saying, quote, he's a, a generational talent. Why wouldn't you at least kick the tires, he said. The idea that Harper isn't a winner is tough to defend, considering that he's uh, reached the postseason with the Nationals in four of his six seasons. However, the Nationals uh, you know, never made it past the first round of the playoffs. Um, it could also be mentioned. The Nationals are also currently 36-27 and 27 and tied for, the, uh, tied for first in the NL East. So they are certainly in the running to reach the playoffs for the third straight year. Um, while Harper and the Nationals uh, haven't had success in October, losing in the NLDS each time uh, has certainly affected things, as I said. He's also a dyna- dynamic talent. While he's sitting only 228 this, this season, he has, uh, he, has, has, he has a respectable 360 on base percentage, and he's also blasted 19 home runs and 43 RBIs while scoring 39 runs. Whether he's worth $300 million um, is another story entirely, of course, especially in an offseason where players like Manny Machado, Clayton Kershaw, and Josh Donaldson will hit the market. Harper is going to garner a huge payday, but there will be alternatives for the teams looking to make a major splash. There are arguments against making a 10-year commitment to Harper or making him the highest-paid player in baseball history. Fair enough, but the concept that he breeds a losing culture is harder to get, is harder to get behind for me. Um, I, I I couldn't... I just don't think he's a losing player. Maybe it could be argued that he cares about himself more than his team, but I don't know. Anyway, now uh, switching gears um, to the UFC. 
don't talk about that too much, as I keep saying, while covering it more and more. UFC President President Dana White announced that the MMA promotion is signing former NFL defensive end Greg Hardy to a contract following his knockout victory over Austin Lane during week one of the second season of Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. MMAfighting.com passed along the news after Hardy's win uh, came 57 seconds into the first round. Quote, I'm ready for the big show, Hardy said after the signing was confirmed. Per Simon Samana of MMA Junkie, I love the opportunity. I train at the best gym in the world, and I have full confidence and faith that those guys are there to get me ready for whatever comes next. He was dominant in the win over Lane, another ex-NFL player showcasing immense power with a couple of heavy shots to cause the stoppage inside the first minute. Mike Bond of USA Today noted White hinted the 2013 Pro Bowl selection could still gain more experience before officially making the jump to the UFC. Hardy played six seasons in the NFL. He spent five years with the Carolina Panthers, who selected him in the 2010 draft, and won with the Dallas Cowboys in 2015. But in July of 2014, he was found guilty um, you know, on two counts related to a domestic violence against a woman. The charges were dismissed on appeal in February of 2015 after the accuser couldn't be co- contacted for the jury trial. Um, he and a white, Dana White didn't uh, Dana White didn't um, provide a timetable for Hardy's uh, first official UFC bout, but personally, I think that he needs way more fights before he gets into the UFC. Simply because, uh, just simply because the, there are some guys that have so many fights, and because they're not a big name, they don't make it to the UFC. Like C- you see, CM Punk, a former professional wrestler, now Greg Hardy, a former NFL player, just get just get to the UFC so easily. Like I, I'm just not a fan of that, but. Um, now switching gears to the uh, back back to the MLB, the last breaking news story of the day. Detroit Tigers first baseman Miguel, Miguel Cabrera will miss the rest of the 2018 MLB season after suffering a ruptured tendon in his biceps during Tuesday's game against the Minnesota Twins. Evan Woodbury of MLive reported the news, noting the, surger- noting the injury will require season-ending surgery. Following a 2017 season that was the worst of his MLB career, Cabrera had returned to form a little more in 2018. He was batting 301 with three home runs and 22 RBIs through 37 games. Granted, Cabrera's contributions are largely irrelevant for the Tigers as a whole. Detroit started its full-scale rebuild last year when they traded Justin Upton and Justin Verlander, and the team would almost certainly have moved Cabrera as well if they could find a taker for his massive contract. Because the Tigers, who are th- currently at 31-37, and 37, are unlikely to go anywhere with him healthy, Cabrera's injury probably won't change much for them. However, but I, th- um, I feel for Cabrera, uh, Cabrera and I, I hope that uh, things are going to work out for him. It's very unfortunate anytime somebody has any kind of injury that's an athlete, let alone a season-ending injury. You know. Now sw- switching gears to the Los Angeles sports teams, um, starting with the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Dodgers did not play uh, yesterday as of this recording. After six innings, they lead the Texas Rangers 12-3 to at Dodger Stadium. And then after today's game, the next game is um, tomorrow at 7-10 p.m. Pacific, 10-10 p.m. Eastern against the Ra- Texas Rangers, uh, You know the second and final game of their series. Uh, now the LA Angels, uh, the, the Angels, I believe they played on Monday. Yesterday they played uh, the Seattle Mariners to kick off the series, and they lost 5-3. Uh, to three. And at the time of this recording, in the top of the seventh inning, the Mariners are up four to three. Uh, so now covering the LA Galaxy, the Galaxy's next game is uh, Friday, June fifteenth at eight uh, at eight p.m. Pacific, eleven p.m. Eastern against the Portland Timbers. 
It's the round of 16 of the U.S. Open Cup, and their next MLS game is June 30th at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern against the San Jose Earthquakes. And now covering the LAFC to close out this episode of Sean's Sports Show. Uh, the LAFC's next game is also in the U.S. Open Cup. It's the round of 16 against Sacramento Republic FC on Wednesday, June 20th at 7.30 p.m. Pacific, 10.30 p.m. Eastern. And then their next MLS game is only three days after that on June 23rd at 7.30 p.m. Pacific, 10.30 p.m. Eastern against the Columbus Crew. So that's all we have for this episode of Sean's Sports Show. Thanks for listening. Um, remember that this episode covers the, the breaking news and results of the LA sports teams from Tuesday, June 12th, 2018 as well as Monday, June 11, 2018. So th- again, thanks for listening, and I'll catch you guys on episode number 98. Thanks for listening.